if you follow us on Instagram, then you saw Quinn and I in a cemetery filming a video for Nationwide's primetime event coming up October 25th. We're giving the headline speech. Last year, it was an astronaut. So we have a story to tell, and we had to start getting it out there. And part of it, it really does begin in a cemetery. Do you want to give them any more information, Quinn, about our speech besides? You know, I, I think it's, so we can say this, it's kind of like the teaser that we did, Kinsley. It will take you on an emotional roller coaster ride with twists and turns with uh, some great information that will definitely help your business. So I think that's it. And I think, I think it's important that we're continue to be honest with our audiences. The whole reason that we did this is because our wives won't ever listen to this show. And the only shot we have at them tuning in is to do like a murder podcast because that's all they listen to. So that's really the catalyst here. I'm always giving my wife a hard time. I'm walking <laughs> around the house and she'll be listening to a Dateline murder mystery show on like a beautiful sunny day and birds are chirping. There's a rainbow in the sky. I'm like, you just looking for a little uh, uplifting material to get your day going here? She's like, you, you know, know what I love you want to get brought down, right? So, yeah, I'm excited, though. This is the first time we've ever done one like this, Kinsley, so it'll be fun to see how it goes. Yeah, and if you are a Nationwide member, it's 100% free, so primetime is going all virtual, as you know, October 27th through the 29th, so make sure you get plugged in. And something else we want you to get plugged into is Podium, and here's we're going to make it super easy on you. Number one, Podium's giving away a $400 Visa gift card to anybody that signs up between now before October 31st. And that's just not new signups. If you add a location, Podium's also gonna give you that $400 Visa gift card. And here's the easiest way to do it. Pick up your phone right now. Text us, 843-MARCOS2, 843-MARCOS2, and we will be your Podium concierge and get you plugged in with the good people over there. How easy is that? It's like Ina Garten. That's what she says. How easy is that? I know that too, because murder podcasts and cooking shows are what's on at my house. Well, no doubt. And by the way, if you want to just text us a message and say hello, please do that because we, we like to get those. Uh, Kinsley, I was telling you before the show that someone actually texted, texted us through 843-MARCOS2 and they said, do you guys live together? <laughs> there was a picture of us somewhere. So the answer is no. We also got a text the other day through the through our podium number and we were able to use podium to leave a personalized video which i thought was really cool and the question was hey what about retailers or what about customers who hesitate to let us text them and so text us that question we'll send you a personalized response there you go all right dos marcos podcast it's the greatest mattress industry podcast on the planet wait isn't this the only mattress industry podcast? He's Mark Kensley. I truly felt bad for you at the time. He's Mark Quinn. I think Bigfoot was actually very pleasant. Together, they are Dos Marcos. If I were going to imagine a perfect scenario, like a perfect story with a happy ending where somebody comes to this country and through turns and twists and all kinds of different events, they end up living in one of the most beautiful places on the planet. I'd be like, that's, that's a fairy tale. It's fiction. But whenever I met Guy Perez, and we were both named 40 Under 40 by Home Furnishings Business, and I got introduced to Guy, 
he tells me this story about him coming to this country and we'll get to all of it on this episode, but Guy, how, just like, what's the highlight of how you ended up in Santa Barbara? That's where Oprah lives. You know, if Oprah lives there, it's going to be a beautiful place. Well, I'm sure he lives next to her. Yes. Uh, maybe four or five miles. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's actually true. And not only that, the prince is a Prince Harry that came to live in the U.S. He's also living in Santa Barbara now. <laughs> of course yeah. he is. Of course he is. So, yeah, but Santa do Barbara. Think, do you think that they're saying to each other when they have cocktails or tea, afternoon tea, do you think they're saying things like, do you know Guy Perez? He like lives right down the street. <laughs> Maybe they're saying that. Yeah, he's being featured in the you know, uh, furniture industry, mattress industry podcasts. You know, make sure you listen to it. You know you've made it. Well, if they want to be on the podcast next, Guy, you let us know. Um, and, and I do want to tell your whole story. But the cool thing is I've been talking to you for a while about coming on the show because you work for Ergo Motion and you're global director of sales. And the adjustable basis category is hot. And here's a little fun fact. For a long time, we did 94 episodes of the podcast when Quinn and I were at Leggett, or I was at Leggett and he was still there. The most popular episode of all time during that stretch was a selling adjustables 101, 102, and 103. And we had these articles and we basically just turned them into a podcast. So people love the category. But when we found out that you and Ergo were having this virtual expo coming up on the 22nd, we were like, Okay, number one, we want to tell people about that, but we've got to have Guy on the show to talk about strategies and principles and really help people get to know you and Ergo. But tell us about the expo so people can get plugged into that. Yeah, sure. So, of course, it's the first time we're doing one. Um, it's going to be virtual, obviously. Uh, but the main reason behind it is to provide industry and consumer insights into the adjustable bed channel. So, we ourselves as um, the experts in all things adjustable beds. That's our core business. It's all we do. We don't manufacture mattresses or anything else. We only do adjustable beds. So we want to um, bring about a lot of information when it, when it comes to adjustable beds and the industry and, and how, how to sell it, how not to sell it, and what, what to do and what not to do with the adjustable beds. We actually did a, a very extensive market research and have a lot of um, really cool information to share as well uh, on our findings. Well, what, how do people get plugged into it? So if they're, so it's a free event, number one, uh, Ergo Motions virtual expo coming up. Let's see, it's at 10 a.m. to three, I believe, um, on October 22nd. How do people get register, registered for it so they can take a peek behind that curtain and see some of those findings? You just go to ergomotion.com slash expo, E-X-P-O, and you can register. Cool. And we'll put it in the show notes and link to it in the blog, ergomotion.com forward slash expo. Well, cool. I'm, I'm excited to hear some of the findings and, um, and, and to learn, actually learn a little bit more about Ergo because here's my experience. Uh, last market, not the summer market, but January market, early 2020, back when we all used to get together and hug and high five, uh, I missed you, but I stopped over to the Ergo Motion space and I was blown away by what I saw at the Ergo Motion space, because you had combined in, in these products, scent and sound and feel and motion into what, I think you called them retreats. Is that right? Mm -hmm. And I, I thought it was truly innovative product in the marketplace. So I'm excited to see what else you all are doing. What, what, give me a little background on that. What was the idea of 
retreats versus like, let's crank out some adjustable product and get it into the marketplace. Yeah. So adjustable beds have, have become a lot more popular and that's great. We, I think um, um, all adjustable bed companies have done a good job of putting the product out there. Um, attachment rates are going up. And with that, it's become a more massified product, if that's a term. So we, we, we tried to create something that was a little bit more um, special, a little bit more furniture-like, but that also offered some, um, some wellness to it. So those are the wellness retreats you're referring to. They're beautiful pieces of furniture with an adjustable bed that have multiple uh, features to them. Like you said, aromatherapy, uh, preset positions that relax you, uh, premium sound systems, and they just, they just look great. Yeah. So Guy, what, tell us about Ergo as a company because it's not one I think a lot of people are familiar with behind the scenes. People probably know the name. They're familiar with you know, the OEM side of the business. But tell us about the company and a little bit about the history and just some of the flavor of it. Yeah, Ergomotion got started um, by two friends, Alain Kalanay and Jack Tang. Um, Alan was a, an automobile designer. If you Google Alan Clenet, C-L-E-N-E-T, you'll find his cars. Uh, he had uh, the Clenet Coachworks. So he's, a, he's an industrial designer and he was good friends with Jack Tang, who's very well known in our industry. Uh, he was with Leggett and with Oaken and he's just an entrepreneur now. So the two of them decided to start Motion with uh, Jack manufacturing on designing and selling the product in, um, in the United States. Um, so that's the, 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 the quick story behind it. Alon hired his son, Kelly, who was our president for a while. Eventually, um, Kelly and Alon sold the business back to Jack in 2014. And, um, and it's been a good ride so far. It's been, um, we, we've, we've experienced a lot of success, as you said, supporting our OEM partners, our, our mattress manufacturing partners, and to a limited extent, uh, some retailers as well. We tend to focus on the mattress manufacturers, but we also have some business with uh, Retail Direct. Um, some of it, you know, that, that's, that's uh, been going on for a long time. Has it been hard navigating that um, kind of going in between you're doing some direct to retail, but you're obviously going through the OEMs, which when we were at Leggett, <clears throat> Kinsley, as you well know, I mean, that was the whole path to distribution was through the OEM, but then a lot of the retailers are getting imports and container programs and all that stuff. Has that been difficult for you guys to navigate kind of doing both or have you just found your groove and things are kind of established and going well? Um, I think it's a bit of both. Of course, we have to be very cognizant that a lot of our success, if not most of our success is due to our OEM partners. Um, but we do have some niche product that we offer some limited retailers. Um, and, um, and so we've been able to, to, to balance because, um, uh, we're all around. <laughs> so, yeah, but it, it is, it is, um, it is challenging. You're right. Yeah, I remember being at Leggett Quinn and just the reality of the marketplace started to hit the adjustable category, the adjustable base category before it hit the mattress category. And that reality was compression in the value chain. Meaning, mm -hmm. you know, how do you add value if you're going from, you know, component supplier, maybe manufacturer, manufacturer to brand, brand to retail, retail to consumer. And so we remember that path being, well, it's not really gonna be something you sell to the, 
absurdas and the tempers of the world, we're going to go ahead and just leapfrog and sell the retail. How has that relationship been able to, you know, cause we saw it on the, on the legate side change, but it sounds like Ergo's been able to maintain that, that business model. How, what's different do you think? I, I think it, the, the key is that we create bespoke uh, product lines for our customers. So whenever you partner with Ergomotion, you have truly a unique uh, set of products that, that looks and feels like something your brand would sell. And um, I, guess, I guess that's one of our core competencies. So we were able to, to differentiate it um, as best as we can. What are some of the other things that you do or that Ergo does for customers or retailers, you know, training, um, focusing on the mattress category because it's an attachment type purchase. What are some of those key things that, that you all do? Yeah, you touched on them. It's, it's, it's our training. We, we pride ourselves in the training we offer. Um, we offer it basically um, for free to any, any retailer that sells our products. Uh, usually we'll train in partnership with our, our um, manufacturing uh, partners. Um, so we, we, um, and we have that focus of, of training. Sorry, I lost my, my thought of, of my thought process there for a little bit, but we, we have our trainings that we, we do in person, of course, because of COVID, we developed a, a web version of it that have actually, has actually been quite successful. We tend to focus on the mattress. So the mattress, the adjustable bed is nothing without a mattress, right? As Johnny, our, our president says, an adjustable bed is not very comfortable to lay on. So you need to sell the mattress. So we try to keep the focus of the training on selling the mattress and making it a sleep system with our adjustable bed. That's for sure. And on the training psyche, what do you think? So, it's so interesting. Kinsley, do you remember back in the day when we were doing research on the adjustable bed category? And I'm sure you guys have uh, a lot of uh, memory of this and knowledge of it. But when we first brought people in to look at an adjustable base, they would see it and then they would see it like in like a shape or articulated. And then the consumer was like, uh, hell no, because they immediately jumped to old people and hospital. And the, the funny thing is I've never seen anything like it in my entire career. The experience of getting someone to lay on that product in, in seconds completely changes their mind from a hell no to a hell yes because of how comfortable it is. I mean, is that like one of the biggest focuses of what you guys do in the training part, portion of what you, how you launch with people is, look, just get them on the, on the bed. Um, and if you do that, then th the rest will take care of itself. Is that summing up a big focus of what you do yeah that that for sure is a big part of it um we that's why adjustable beds are still gaining ground online because actually one of the results from our from our uh, industry research came back as our market research came back as consumers the lion's share of consumers still prefer buying adjustable beds in retail so they want to go and see it and touch it and lay it down on it before they commit to buying it. Also because it's a bit of, a, of an expensive purchase. So they want to make sure to see it before they buy it. So yes, laying the customer down and showing them the adjustable bed is, is very impactful. And, um, and yeah, that's what, that's the nut we're trying to crack as far as how do we, how do you translate that to online sales? Because a lot of mattresses are being sold online by our partners now, but how do you translate that online? And, and we're working on that. Do you have products that you sell? online or shippable UPS? Are you into that? 
So we do, yes, we do have shippable UPS, um, UPS ship, shippable courier friendly products um, that we offer. Um, one of our lines is a Quest line that's, that's made very specifically for UPS shippable needs. Um, we're offering it more on the retail side for now because um, retailers also are looking for those UPS, UPSable products. But yeah, to answer your question, we have those. So Guy, can you share any more about the research you guys have done? Uh, you give us that little piece on you know, shopping online and whatnot, but what other types of things did you learn when you went out and started asking questions? Um, another interesting finding was that um, about a third of people are interested in having a art function on their adjustable bed. So obviously, I mean, we're looking into that. Um, a, a, a sleep tracker or some sort of control with your, with your smartphone. So a third of people, if you, if you stop to think about it, a third doesn't sound like much, but that's a third of people that already know they want that. Imagine the people that still don't know they, they need it. So I think it's, it's actually probably reflective of an even, an even bigger number of people that would like that kind of a feature in their bed, uh, making it a smart bed. What's your take on that, Guy? I mean, personal opinions here. So when you look at the fragmented marketplace for sleep tracking devices, what it actually takes from a technology standpoint to accurately measure sleep, it's not just movement. Um, what, what, what does your gut tell you that that's gonna go and how that gets translated down to the product level for a company like Ergo? Well, that's a good question. Um, I think smart, uh, sleep trackers in general will continue to be a trend. In my opinion, it'll go from, from this, right, from being on your wrist to, to going into actually into your bed. Because a lot of people don't like sleeping with their watches on. Um, I actually spoke to one of the uh, main uh, smartwatch companies in the world, one of the big ones, and they said, yeah, about more than half of people will take it off before they go to bed. Uh, so then you're not tracking sleep anymore. If, if this tracker is on your bed, it will obviously track you because you're laying in bed. And the other thing too, is that it's a, um, it's a, it's a neutral place for and and a, and a, and a very quiet and perfect actually place to, to, to track your vitals because you're laying there, you're quiet for eight hours, six hours, seven hours. So it's a great place to, to actually track your vitals and as a result, your sleep. So I think it'll continue to be a, a growing um, trend for sure. Hey, Guy, when I was with, when I was with Leggett, we did some work with development work with Sleep Number, and we used a motion sensor to track um, vibration, right? And then we isolated the algorithms to identify snoring and tossing and turning and all these things. And so the technology is great, and they still use it to this day. They ended up buying the company that I was working with. And so... Um, but one thing I, I, I found there is, number one, at the time, nothing like it existed. And so it's passive monitoring versus an intrusive system of the watch, right? So this, you just lay on the bed and it captures the data and you don't have to do anything. You just sleep and it like gives you a report. A couple of interesting comments I wanted to get you to react. Um, we call it a sleep report. <laughs> Consumers were like, don't give me a sleep report. I don't need you to tell me I suck at sleeping to know that I suck at sleeping, right? So they didn't want to be graded on their sleep, it like added stress to them. So I thought that was interesting. But then the other part of it was two more. Um, they, um, once they slept on it for a week, so they got the data and the data says, okay, when you drink wine at night, then you don't sleep as well. And people were like, yeah, got it. Okay. After being told that like five times, got it. Which leads me to the third part, which is 
Have you thought about how to integrate the information into Apple's system to where it's actually usable information? So yes, like after a week I get like what it's telling me, but how do you tie it into the other aspects of health? So Kinsley and I are beating the drum all the time about nutrition being a big part of your health, exercising being a big part of your health. How do you kind of weave it into lifestyle to where it is more relevant and more usable? So that's, that's the goal. So basically what you're talking about is IOT, right? Connecting your bed to, right. to, the, to the, um, uh, the network you've created of smart devices, number one. So maybe your bed knows you're sleeping hot, so it'll turn, crank up the air conditioning, right? Things like that. So, so the next step is, so you're tracking your sleep. You're learning about what you can do to improve your life. But to your point, okay, don't tell me I need to drink less because I need my, my bottle of Chardonnay every night. Okay, so the next step is, is okay, so the bed's going to do something for you. It'll raise your feet, raise your head. It'll let you sleep a little bit longer because it's, it saw that you came in uh, late last night. Um, it'll, again, thermostat, shades, and, and beyond. Yeah, things that I can't even fathom will start being part of that um, response response to what the bed is sensing you know i think something got clarified for me just now so in our in our new book and i don't even know if i've told you about this key but we have a book coming out december 8th and it's all about attracting foot traffic to your store and building a brand people love and part of writing this book was yeah we want to help people drive foot traffic but we realize that people have an identity problem so we wrote about brand but then if we back up even more, we wrote about the state of the industry. And this is a high level snapshot, okay? This is not a deep dive into the state of the industry, but we tried to hit the highlights and establish for readers, here's what's happening in the mattress universe and how dynamic and shifting it's become. And one of the things that we touch on is sleep becoming the third leg of the health stool and how we as an industry need to continue to position it as the third leg of the health stool nutrition, fitness, sleep. And we talked about the earthquake outside of Berkeley where the Fitbit scientists saw the data and as the concentric circles got further away from the epicenter of the quake, fewer and fewer people wake, were woken up according to the Fitbit data of movement. So closer to the epicenter, naturally, people woke up. Well, for the first time really at scale in human history, People had insights into what was happening while they were asleep, and we had rich, large amounts of data. And so I, I thought a lot over the years about baking technology that tracks sleep into beds and into adjustables and into these products. And I've really felt conflicted about it because I'm like, doing something cool for the sake of doing it is what an engineer does, which can be awesome, but it doesn't mean people want it. But as you were talking about putting technology and sleep tracking in, into beds, it hit me. If we as an industry are going to promote our products as these solutions to be the third leg of the health stool and firmly connect better sleep to the mattress and the foundation and that sleep, we have to put technology in there that people are going to relate to. We have to be the technology provider that shows them these insights into sleep. Otherwise, wrist bracelets or pills or who, who knows what could pop up, get positioned as the thing that delivers better sleep. If we are not the technology source, the source of data, the source of information, the source of trust in our products, 
we get disassociated from it. Correct. I couldn't have said it any better. You great, great summary. Quinn, am I on here? Am I on? No, here? I think you are, Kinsley. I, you know what's interesting to me further to that is the it's um, you know the you know, our experience with it is if you're wearing a watch or some kind of a band that the data isn't as clean and it's not as good as what you're able to get in a passive monitoring system if it's built into the bed system itself. Right. So uh, that's, I think, where you're going to have a real opportunity there. And, you know, Kinsley, um, something else, and Guy, I think you alluded to it, is where this stuff gets really cool is when you're able to take the data and potentially use it to bring to your doctor and say, hey, here's what's happening with my sleep, or better yet, as a predictive analysis on a stroke is coming, heart failure is coming, because when those things happen, a stroke, your, you know, your biometrics change, your body temp drops, your heart rate changes, it's erratic. There's certain things that happen. And so I think that's just fascinating. So I think we're just at the beginning of that, Guy, and, and your development. Have you heard people talking about stuff like that? Do you think that's a realistic expectation about future state for your industry? Yeah, it certainly is. Um, and it borders medical device, right? What you're saying. Right. So well, that's, that's a whole new world. But uh, as, as I mentioned, the owner of our company, Jack Tang, he has a company in China that's actually doing that exactly. So he partnered with uh, assisted living facilities in China, and he has a, a, um, a sleep tracker um, in beds there uh, monitoring these senior citizens. And now they're, and, and they're working in partnership with, a, with a, a very prestigious university there. I think it's pronounced Chunghua University. And they're finding that, you know, hey, this person probably hasn't taken their medication, we can tell by their vitals. So let's make sure they're taking the med medication or, or four, five, six days before, I don't remember if it was a heart attack or a stroke, they can tell they're gonna have one. So, so yeah, all that stuff is already happening. And, and, um, and our parent company, China, is playing with that. But of course, you know, to bring that over here is, is um, there's a lot of work still to be done. Because uh, we're talking about America and things are a little bit different, but but we are playing with that in um, abroad. You know what's funny about that that story you just told? Um, Bam Labs was the group that I worked in in terms of development with the early versions of the biometric stuff. And um, one of the things that they were doing is it was in China or Japan, I think. But it's an interesting application of the technology where there are so many people that live in these high rises that um, a lot of times they may live alone and they may die. And then if they die, nobody knows that they're dead. And so the body starts to decompose and it creates all kinds of problems in terms of smell and like what it does to the actual physical. So they were putting these trackers in just to see if there was still heart rate and if they weren't detecting motion or people sleeping in these beds or heart rate, they would go check on the people. So I thought that was kind of crazy. Another quick story was they had it in assisted living, kind of like what you were talking about. And this was an early, early uh, test and they couldn't figure out why some of their beds stopped working um, like around one o'clock in the morning and things like that. And they had two or three people on them and they're like, what the hell is going on? We stopped getting the signal. It wasn't that. It's that the guys were getting some action. They were like moving and going into other rooms and they discovered that there were guys sneaking around the assisted living space 
And it was, uh, you know, so anyway, I thought that was pretty There's nice. No, they were leaving their room to go to the gal's room. That's right. You know, Betty across the hall. I got gotcha. you. Exactly. There's some European company. I think it's a Spanish one. And I think it's Picoline, but don't, don't quote me on that, even though this is being recorded. That they came out, they came out with, the, with the sleep tracker and they, they marketed it in a way that, look, when you're gone, you'll know if someone else is sleeping on your bed. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> Well, let me tell you, when we, when we first started doing prototype testing, me and all the engineers, we were like, well, we got to take these prototypes and, work and, and try them out. We were talking about all the different things it would capture, so snoring and tossing and turning and leaving your bed. One of them was intimacy. Yep. And so the joke was, we really don't need a computer to track how many times we're having sex. None of us are, are that lucky. <laughs> so that was the joke. And then the second was, when we try to tell our wives we have to bring this home, and like test it out and try it out and all that stuff. Our wives was like, hell no, you are not going to take that. And then you're going to go back to the office and you're going to compare notes on all your tracking, you know, results. So anyway, it was funny, but there's some uh, ideas for you free from the Dos Marco show. How's that? It's incredible. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> so Dr. V, you are a user of door counts. But let's talk about how door counts links up foot traffic coming in your store with selling process and follow-up. Well, years ago, I read a book by John Lohan, uh, and I love the way, and one of his big taglines was, um, you can't improve it unless you can measure it. And that in and of itself is just such a great concept. Now, it's obvious, uh, but you need to have the benchmark. So one of the reasons why we chose to go with door counts was to get a really good accurate measurement of our foot traffic when they come in um, and so that was the big thing initially with it we found it to be a so much greater value than that because our salespeople use it to be able to capture the information for our guests when they come through the doors we actually get a photograph of them it comes right up on the door accounts we know exactly which salesperson is going to be assigned to which guest when they come in you know, one of the biggest complaints you sometimes get is a guest that goes, you know, I came into your store, I walked around for 30 minutes and no one ever approached me. Well, we don't deal with that anymore because with door counts, we're able to capture their picture, comes right up on the laptop. We know which salesperson has been assigned to who, uh, therefore we don't lose them uh, in that sense. We're also able to capture their information. We're also able to email them back if we know we got a particular promotion coming up. It tracks our close ratio. Once again, if we can track it, we can improve it. We are talking with Guy Perez of Ergomotion here on the show today. Guy, thanks for making time. Um, you know, we've had a chance to get to know each other over the past few years and, and it's just been really fun. I love having people like you in the industry and um, I loved hearing your story too, as we had a chance to you know, grab drinks or meet up at these different events. And you're from Brazil and mm -hmm. now you live in Santa Barbara. Connect the dots for us there. How did you end up in the U.S. from Brazil? What's the state of your family? Do you still have family in Brazil? I know you ended up stopping in North Carolina. Paint the picture for us. Yeah, <laughs> I'll try to summarize it, but yeah, thank you, Mark. Yeah, I, first of all, I love this country. I, I want to make this very clear is that I love America. I moved here because I wanted to move here because it's I now that I've been here since I was 16, 
I can see how you start being critical and how you see this country and you start to see the things that are wrong with it. I get that. Um, but we cannot forget how blessed we are to live here. This is such an incredible country. There's so the, the, the pros way out, outweigh the cons. I just wanted to make, I just wanted to put that on record. Um, you know, cause there's a lot of, um, heat going on in, in our political discussions that I hope that we can start focusing again on what's working here. And it's a lot, a lot is working in this country. Well so, said. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. Uh, so yeah, I moved to this country originally as a foreign exchange student when I was 16. Uh, to live in Granite Falls, North Carolina. And that's actually how I got connected with the furniture industry because Granite Falls is in the is close to Hickory, which is kind of close to High Point and everyone worked with furniture. So that was kind of my uh, initial connection to the home furnishings industry. So yeah, I lived there as a foreign exchange student for a year. It was awesome. I still keep in touch with my host family. Um, then I went to college in Miami at Florida International University for two years. Um, I had to go back to Brazil for a hiatus where I ended up uh, finishing college down there. I got married to my beautiful wife, Faye, who also works for Evomotion. And uh, while I was finishing college, um, through some industry connections, I got connected to Kelly Clinet. Um, who was the original owner with Alon, his dad, of Virgo Motion. And he said, hey, I need, I need someone like you working with me in, in Santa Barbara. And I said, Santa Barbara? When do I go? <laughs> and plus, I wanted to come back to the U.S. anyway. So I, I was employee number six, and Ergo Motion was barely making payroll when we moved, when we moved up here. Um, and uh, when I moved here, the, the salary the company paid me barely paid for rent and food. I'm not exaggerating because, again, it was a startup. There was no money. Um, but you know what? A lot of hard work, a lot of faith, a lot of, um, a lot of good luck. And more importantly, you know, partnering with the right people got the company to where to where they finally were. I finally was able to afford living in Santa Barbara because, you know, here weather is perfect, but taxes are also very high. So you got to make sure you, you have a, a stable income here in Santa Barbara. But that's kind of my story of moving to this country as a as a as a foreign exchange student, wanting to stay here, making the best of it. And, you know, learning the language and learning the culture and all that. It's all doable. It's it's such it's such a land of opportunity here. It really is. I've been to Brazil a couple of times, Guy, and I, you know what? You've been gracious in what you said about America. Your home country is gorgeous. I love um, a lot about Brazil. And um, it's just so fun to go there. I love Penga, and, uh, <laughs> which, by the way, will hurt you like badly if you don't know what you're doing. Especially with sugar and lime. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a cocktail, Kinsley. We'll have to, uh, maybe we should make Penga and Caparenas the official beverage of the Dos Marcos podcast. Um, but anyway. I can fix them for you. The official mixed drink is tequila is the official beverage. That's right. Uh, but we don't have an official mixed drink, so that can be on. No, there, there you go. Hey, so we I love food. your country too. We, so. we have a quorum. Let's have a vote right now. I vote, I vote yes. I vote yes. Caparinas. There we go. Um, can you tell us this though. You, you talked about a little bit of the data. Tell us about like, you know, do, do you, maybe I'm missing it. Um, Kinsley, tell me what your sense is too before Guy answers. My sense of this is like the industry for adjustables is that like everyone's kind of in the category and it's gotten so big that it's not like you're out there trying to push people into adjustables. It's like, Everyone's so far in it now, Kinsley. Is that your opinion also? Is that your perception of the, of the category? Uh, my perception is that there are some 
major players. And I think people are trying to find the niches they can continue to serve. And when times get tough, the big players tend to emerge stronger because some of the smaller operators are, are not going to, they're not going to make it. Um, so I, so I think the category as a whole, like, I think it's one where innovation really does drive the category as a whole. And so if you, if you could be a small player and, and innovate, um, kind of like when, you know, Guy came here as just this foreign exchange student trying to find his way through, I'm sure he had to be really innovative as a human being uh, and he ended up prospering. Um, you know, those are the players that, that are going to be able to push the category forward and, and hopefully pick up some steam. And, and I'm sure, you know, like you said, Guy, you were talking about Ergo Motion being very small when you went there. Did, did innovation uh, mark big advancements or some of those catapult moments? Oh, absolutely. So I think that's one of the big, big things that distinguished us, especially from the beginning, is, is our innovation and our, our design innovation. We, I like to think that it was a question that came up with the idea of let's make these beds look more like a piece of furniture versus, you know, some institutional product. And that was very successful. Um, back in 2010, 11, 12, when iComfort was coming out, we were the adjustable bed for that, for that launch. And, and it kind of looked like a piece of, a piece of furniture and it was wildly successful. It kind of set the tone of what an adjustable bed should look like. So innovations, yes, not only in the features, but, but in the design are very important. But to, 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 um, to address something that Mark Quinn said just earlier, um, adjustable bed, um, Adjustable base, base rate uh, attachment rates are still around 15, 20% we calculate. So there's still 80 to 85% to grow, right? If our, our goal is that one day, no, no mattress will be sold with a flat foundation. They will all be sold with an adjustable bed, right? I mean, we, we need to shoot for that goal, right? And we're at 15, 20%. So there, there's so, so much room to grow. And not only for us, but for our competitors and for the industry. So, so I, tr I truly see it as, yes, basing it on innovation, like for example, how you sell these things online. Well, so we're still all figuring that out. What features, what technology do we need to add to the product so that it'll attract other market segments that, that aren't buying adjustable beds yet? You know, so there's a lot of opportunity. Guy, one of the things that we chatted a little bit ahead of time, and I thought this was really fascinating. We're here right now talking about innovation. We're talking about the features that consumers want. And you said Ergomotion has actually reduced some features. There's been feature reduction. What specifically have you taken away and what made you take technology or take features off those bases? What led to that decision? Well, there's, um, I'm not going to try to pronounce his name, but the, the gentleman in France who wrote the, the, the Little Prince, the book, he said, um, perfection isn't adding, it's, it's not having anything else to remove. So, so we kind of think about that a lot. What, what does the bed actually need? Are people using massage, for example, are people using massage? Actually, most people don't. It's a good sales tool. When you're, when you're in the store, the, the sales associate sh shows you the massage. Once you go home, it's something crazy, like only about 3% of people actually use massage. So, so we decided that a lot of our products are not going to have massage anymore. Or if they have it, instead of having two motors, it's just one head motor, which is the preferred massage location. Um, so, and, and then other people prefer it on the foot. So, so we just decided to take it out of some of our products. Another one is it's actually a, a bit of a dichotomy because we, 
we created the adjustable bed that looks like a piece of furniture, but now we realize also that the, the, the vast majority of the market doesn't need that. So we started simplifying the design of the product so that it would reach certain market segments and certain price points that if we were putting that, desi that design, furniture design look into the product, it was making it um, a little bit too, too expensive. Also, reducing features, that's got to be a tough edit to make, especially whenever you have people that sell a certain way. You probably have customers that are addicted to punching the massage button and seeing people's faces light up. But you're right. I mean, when, when you get at home and you're not actually using something, then you just wasted your time, your resources, and the customer's money. Mm -hmm. I love that quote, though. I've not heard that. That is so true. Um, like taking things out and simplification. We talk about that a lot. Do me a favor before we get done today. If there's a if there's a retailer out there, and I know there are many, where they may be in the category, but they're not really leaning into it, right? They're not training their um, their conversion rates aren't really that great compared to what other people are doing. Um, what would you say to them? Like, what's the what's in it for me for that retailer? Like, what would you say to them to say, hey, guys, like rattle their cage. Okay, man, lean into this, because if you do, there's great stuff ahead. Like, what would you say there? Mm -hmm. um, I'll try to summarize it because I can talk about this for hours. So, <laughs> uh, you know, we want we want to make it successful. We want to make sure your, your average ticket price is double than what it usually is. So put some adjustables on your floor let us partner with you and train you. We will teach you how to sell them. And we will not only teach you how to sell adjustable beds, but you'll also sell more mattresses as a result. Um, that's what we've been finding out as well uh, with, with the approach of the sleep system that we try to preach is, you know, sell it as a sleep system, the mattress number one, then the adjustable bed as, as, the, as the base of choice. So give it a try. You got to put some on your floor. If you can't sell something you're not showing, so you need to have a few. Now the average is 50, 60, 70% of, of any given retailer has a, you know, adjustable beds, about 50, 60, 70% of their mattresses have them. And, um, and yeah, give, give us a try. You know, Guy, one of the, let's test my memory here. Uh, my memory is one of our old friends, Larry Schinkel, uh, wrote some articles on, on how to sell adjustable bases or how to show them. And I think his technique was called the one minute demonstration. So tell, tell me if you have any modifications to this, but I think it essentially was the customer's lying down. You say, Hey, do you mind if I add some comfort? So you do the head up, ask him when to stop, do the feet up, ask him when to stop. Then you take away. So you hit the flat button and then they, you, you kind of watch for their reaction and ask them if you, you want to bring it back. So you show them what that feels like, then you take it away and then you bring the comfort back. What, what else? What did I miss there? That, that's it. That's it in a nutshell. You show it to them. I would just suggest you start with the foot. Most people, you know, prefer if the foot goes up first versus the head. Um, give them, Larry's absolutely right. So one minute, foot up, head up, maybe tell them, look, would you like to try the massage? Let them be there for a minute or two because it feels really comfortable. That's the thing about the adjustable bed is no one's going to tell you, oh, no, this feels uncomfortable. There isn't a single human being in the world that's going to tell you that. So once they have it and you press the flat and it goes away, you know, um, Johnny, the, the president of our company, always says that the fear of loss is always a greater motivator than that of gain. So you, you took that away from the person and now they're going to want it. So yeah, Larry's right. One of the other things that I always, oh, Quinn, you, can you just pause like that? No, 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 no. 
I'm laughing because you're going to kill me for my last question. So I'm going to wait until, I mean, I can I mute you? I don't think I have the controls. My add-on here was uh, <laughs> I, whenever I was talking to Larry and when we were at Leggett at that time, uh, we learned that if you remove tension from the human body, here's what it looks like. It looks like an astronaut in space. Your knees are slightly up. Your feet are kind of out in front of you. Your hands are kind of floating. It's called zero gravity position. And I thought that was a great way to communicate, oh, this is what your body actually looks like. Look at an astronaut like our friend Chris Cassidy, who's on the space station right now. And that's what they look like when tension is removed. Well, we can simulate that or get very close to it only by having an adjustable base. Mm -hmm. All right, Quinn. And there you go. I'm unfreezing you and the mute button is off. Play. <laughs> All right, Guy, uh, on, on the way out, and um, I hate to reduce you to this question, but it's relevant, okay? Sure. Kinsley, you know where I'm going. Yeah. It's got to be said. Uh, Guy, so we did a photo shoot for someone who was in the adjustable bed business years ago, and she gave me a book of Kama Sutra, and okay. she wanted me to do a photo shoot for her of 52 different sexual positions with that you could get into on adjustable bases um and and so showing the difference in the in the benefit of a, a an adjustable base to a flat base and i'm thinking to myself 52 i thought there were like five right <laughs> and so anyway so she gives me this we did this whole photo shoot and i don't think they ever did anything with it all of that to say this do you think that there is that kind of benefit in the adjustable category. And do you guys talk about it at all? Should you talk about it more? Like where is your head around intimacy and your, and your product? Because there really is a big opportunity because it is a big difference from having that or a flat bed. It does open some doors, right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah, that's a great, great last question. Thank you, Mark. But, <laughs> but yeah, you know what? You're welcome, Gay. Yeah, that's awesome. So we, when I used to train early on and I used to talk about it, Hey, by the way, adjustable beds are great for sex too. You know, you, you can get creative, you know, it moves, you know, be, have fun with it. So I don't think we do it officially enough. And maybe because, you know, our industry may be seen as a little bit more conservative. I think that's changing now with, with online and everything. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, that's a great idea, Mark. We'll, we'll look into it. Gee, here's, here's what I offer up to you. Hire Kinsley and I, because we don't have a conflict in this category and we will come up with three concepts for you that will blow the roof off of your whole category with a approach, the right approach for intimacy. How does that sound Kinsley? How do, well, I think maybe it's, how does that sound Guy? <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds lovely. It sounds lovely. I, coming from you two, what could go wrong? <laughs> Lots. And it's all, it, I guarantee you one thing though, it's going to be fun. And we can, at the end of it, drink our official cocktail, which is called a what? What's it called? Caipirinha. 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 I say it wrong. Thank you. I know brigado. Pinga, pinga is right. Pinga is the spirit, which is also known as cachaça. And then the mixed drink is caipirinha, which is a Brazilian mojito. Yeah. Okay, I lied. I have one more question. Are, are all like you are such a handsome guy and the women in Brazil are so beautiful are like all I've been there like Portuguese like the Brazilian people are beautiful. Am I wrong? 
Yes, Brazilian people are beautiful. I, I would agree with you. And it is a beautiful country, by the way. You know, I, I, I talked okay. about how much I love America. I love Brazil. I'm proud of being Brazilian. I speak Portuguese to my kids. My, my wife's Brazilian. And that's why I married one, because they're beautiful. Yep. <laughs> I did hear, uh, this, is a, this is very rude, um, but I'm going to repeat it. I heard that uh, people in Brazil uh, say that that you know they they kind of exported Giselle because there she's like a six. Kinsley, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to tell you, man. The Brazilian women are absolutely. As a matter of fact, my wife. I can't ever show my wife this podcast because she loves Brazilian men, and I love the Brazilian women. The features, the they're just beautiful people. So it's so funny. But anyway, I don't think I've ever told a guy he's handsome on the show. So I was he, about to course correct there and say, Gee. Um, you're a beautiful person inside as well, my friend. Oh, stop. <laughs> you're, no. not just, you're not just a piece of meat to this show, okay? <laughs> that, that makes me feel validated. Thank you. If, if, if I can say one last thing, can, will you guys give me a, 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 an opportunity to quote something? Please. Please. Yeah. So I shared a book with Mark Kinsley and Mark, Mark Quinn. I'm happy to send you one. It's one of my favorite books. It's called... Um, um, uh, it's, 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 it's a biography on John Wooden. Uh, so basically John Wooden said this, um, I don't know if you guys know who John Wooden is. He was an oh, yeah. um, LA coach. He was amazing. Won more titles than any other, um, NCAA coach. He said, you have not lived life a perfect day. I'm sorry. You have not lived a perfect day until you're done until you've done something for someone who cannot repay you. So that's what I'll leave you guys with. You, that, was the, that was the line from the book that I underlined, extracted, and put on a piece of paper. Oh. <laughs> and sent I love that. Uh, I love that. Well, Guy, thanks, thanks a million for, for being on the show. And um, just one last little uh, visual here, if you're watching on our, on our video podcast, but if you're on the audio version, ergomotion.com forward slash expo. You'll get to get to know Guy more. You get to know some of the nice people at Ergomotion more. And thanks for doing something. The, like I said, the Ergomotion Virtual Expo is coming up on October 22nd. So do get signed up and you'll get to know some of these fine, fine people at Ergo and, um, and learn about the category, learn how to make more money, learn how to continue to elevate the products that we make and connect them to sleep. You know, I'd like to just add to what you said, Kinsley. If you're listening to this and you're not really into the category, you guys, um, Kinsley and I talk a lot about on this show experience. We talk a lot about lifestyle and this addresses everything. So um, give some real thought to talking to your customers, not just about the base, but the quality of life it delivers because that's really what the adjustable base is. It's, uh, it's a happy place. And it is about creating an environment that gives you peace and, and makes you happy and makes you comfortable. And the base and all the technology that's going to come with it um, are, are great things to complement that um, narrative in your store. So, Guy, you're in a great industry. And uh, we're so grateful you're on the show. Come back, will you? Will do. Thanks, guys. This was awesome. It was my first run. Uh, I'm sure the second one will be better. <laughs> Thanks, Guy. You can bounce on it. Oh, oh. Yeah, bounce with it, bounce with it. Oh. Bounce with it, bounce with it. All right. Woo. What is a hybrid? It's like peanut butter jelly. 
Peanut butter chocolate Hybrid so tight There's no way that you could topple it Hybrid on my wrist That's a calculator watch We add ourselves together And we take it up a notch Got the airflow, yo Keep you cool as it get Visco foam alone To make you drip sweat Get a hybrid mattress Yes, you'll get better rest Cool and comfortable Hybrid like a sweater vest You know the game We're ahead of the sun Cause the two of us together Are way better than one Cause I'm cool as ice And I'm hot like a heater Bounce by the ounce now we got it by the leader. Well, you take a spring and you wrap it up right. You can sleep so smooth or bounce all night. Yeah. Put two together, get a whole lot more. Get the feel of the comfort core. You can bounce on it. Lay back, you don't have to practice. It's the best thing to happen to your mattress. Yeah. Get together to do it like I did. Everybody get Somebody to get in your vicinity You probably want to feel a little bit of a hybridity Foam alone, out of five, maybe one star Springs and foam, we're taking care of that lumbar Mad back support, the best way to shack up Or just get rest that won't mess your back up Like a hot chick mixed with a particle physicist Or a mullet party in the back of the business Best of both worlds like Mars and Venus The ultimate hybrid, nothing short of cheap Keeping it loose while keeping it tight We can make you sleep or play all night Put two together, get a whole lot more Get the feel of a comfort core You can bounce on it No stopping when the beat gets played back Springs keep it popping, foam keeps it laid back Party over here, get invited Everybody get hybrid What kind of bed do you keep back there? Does your girl wanna chill on a beanbag chair? Hell no! You need springs and foam, cause if that bowling ball don't bounce, you'll be sleeping alone. And if the bed don't react, then you can't get low. We, we got, got that type of bounce that won't spill your Merlot. So stick with us and you'll get rewarded. Cause I'm so gentle and I'm so supportive. Is where the magic is. And we just killed a song about mattresses. mattresses.